Hey, everyone. Hey. Welcome to Too Legit to QT, where you can. Too Legit. No, because you get to change your slogan. So I, I was down with you all last season, and now you change your slogan. And I'm, I'm, I'm you know, like it, it took me the whole last season. It took me, it took me the whole last season, Nikki, to do, you know, to do what I had to do. And then she changed the whole slogan on us. Just I don't know why you're out here acting up wildin' on this thing. I'm trying to head us. I'm trying to make sure that we can present properly. So you can say what you want to say. I'm my own being. I'm my own person. So welcome to Too Legit to Beauty, where you can... Come on, bestie. Stop playing. <laughs> you can get it done with Tish. <laughs> you can get it done with Tish and become the best version of yourself with me, Koya. <laughs> uh, this is season three. We are so excited. We are here today with Danielle Nikki Hester, who is the senior manager of digital, digital and social content at Fuse TV. And my friend, welcome to the show, Nikki. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited. Congratulations on season three. Thank you. Thank you, Nikki. I'm excited to talk to you today. And just for everybody watching, we are so excited for this season. We literally have some amazing guests. First, starting with my girl, Nikki, right here, who, you know, is repping Fuse TV. We got Bravo TV in the house, Disney. I mean, what, what else? What else, like, Bestie? Oh, we got Netflix, Bridgerton, that's we got, I mean, we got folks coming through the building this, this like, season. It's we are We're doing it for the people. We're doing it for you out there. We, we, we are leveling up so we can show you how to level up. So we're not just saying it, we're doing it, people. Exactly. And Thanks to Nikki, which you, I don't even think you know, Bestie, because you've just been on the grind. But I think we even got like Tribeca Film Festival in the house, HBO in the house. Yes. So level up is real. I, I feel it. I see it. You are doing a phenomenal job. And I, I'm just glad to be in shared company and space with you guys. FYI, FYI, FYI. We had our first press junket yesterday. Level up, level up, level up. We did. We did. We did. Can we even announce who it was? We can't say it, right? Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna release it though, but we will. It was awesome. It was awesome. It was like an adrenaline rush. It's this one though, right here, Nikki. Let me tell you, it's this one. She'll be like, Bessie, I got us this and we're about to do this. And I'm like, wait, what? On top of the 50 million things that we have going on, like what's going on? Also, congratulations to Tish for her film, Slap Face, getting in Cinequest. Whoop, whoop. Congratulations, Bessie. We like need like a, a sound effect, like woo. Yeah. You know what? That's our, never, that's our next thing. We're gonna level up with that. <laughs> we need tech support. We need tech support. Remember, we talked. We, 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 we do need tech support. We do need tech support. People out there, we need IT here. One, one, one day at a time. We got to do it one day at a time. That's how you should be doing it out there. You don't have to do it all. You take it piece by piece, and that's how you get it done. And it looks great. You know, you do it properly. 
you know so so if you if if you are if you're listening to this whether you're live or even if you're listening to this after the fact hit us up because we definitely need to type some more sex support is real okay we need support in the title, sex support. Support, exactly. But let's get our lives together, uh, ladies, and let's talk about you, Miss Nikki. She's it has Danielle Nicole. That's her first name and middle name. But everybody knows you as Nikki. I was like, wait, what's going? What's Danielle? What's it's funny you mentioned that. Yes, yeah, so you have called me Nikki. My Instagram name is Nikki underscore L. I was just having a conversation with someone. Um, because um, Chance the Rapper's wife recently changed her name to like her full name because she was like launching a business. She posted a video and she was talking about how at a certain point in life, like you have to get rid of these old like hotmail <laughs> like email names. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I am an adult. I have like established businesses and I need to like have my name represent that. And after like that, and then I saw like Mickey, I'm like, it's it's time to just go full Danielle Nicole. I'm like, mm, mm. Yeah, get a girl Tish. That's me. I need to Wallin'. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm I'm with you. But you know the reason why I do that though, Danielle. People, I love you out there, but y'all be hitting me up way too much. And I don't have the capacity to get back to everybody. So you That's know, even though you know. You, even though you know, you know, get a girl tish, y'all don't be hitting me up like that all the time anymore, ever since I changed it. <laughs> so you, you <laughs> know, you're not hiding. Well, it's coming up to me because in high school, my email address was Ms. Butter, like B U T T A. <laughs> yes, mine's just fabulous and thick <laughs> at yahoo.com. <laughs> At least this like Instagram name is a is a merge of like my middle and first name, but yeah, I've come yeah. Out. Nikki's Nikki's very classy. Nikki's very classy. <laughs> so Nikki, we want to know. Um, I've been telling her my friends, I'm like, yeah, I have this friend. She works at Fuse TV. Fuse TV is just dope within itself because I mean yeah. the content you all produce. Um, mm-hmm. I love how you highlight diversity and just different stories and different topics. Um, so that's number one. But how does one become the senior manager of digital digital and social content at Fuse TV? How does one become that? Tell us a little bit about your journey. Yeah, I can I can talk specifically about my journey. I started off in journalism. Um, I you know, was a freelance writer for different publications, specifically for health and relationships. So I did some time like freelance articles for Essence Magazine and Ebony, and then a few at InStyle. Um, And then I transitioned over to Family Circle Magazine, which I don't know if y'all remember Family Circle, but it's that magazine that sits in your dentist's office, like on the (laughs) top. And it's always like, Featuring like a recipe on the front cover. Yeah. So <laughs> that's like I was in journalism and then I started working at Family Circle and in their web department. And so that was my first time as a web editor, but really getting really hands on with digital content. And my role was really to figure out how do you repurpose the content in magazine? Because obviously, like a lot of print publications are seeing a decline or seeing a decline in viewership and newsstand sales. 
And so how do you take those articles and then repurpose them on social media and their website? And that became a huge thing, content marketing. Content marketing, all the buzz. Content is king. Everybody was doing panel discussions about it. Ted talks about it. And so that's where I, I've started to see this connect between my, my passion for storytelling and writing and then this newer space that I never thought I wanted to go in, which is content marketing or marketing in general, right? And so transition throughout, you know, at this point, nine years as a digital media marketer, um, I started to really position myself as just a digital storyteller. And as long as I am really rooted in the stories and the content and the type of talent that we are featuring, then that is my my purpose in terms of moving that over, right? And how you show that online to different audiences. And so a lot of companies, they look for that merger between someone that understands how to tell a story and also source through data information. Data is really huge, especially for a lot of media brands. They do a lot of audience analysis and they wanna understand who is watching their content. And that's where, I find my my expertise in a way of working with data and research departments, seeing who the audience is and then ideating creative ideas for that. And it's really just been a journey. I've transitioned from being in-house at you know, publications to going on the agency side, which was a new experience and then coming back over to the brand side. And all of that, like I said, like when I had to take a look at just the nine years of being in this space, it's really rooted in, in content marketing strategies. And how do you how do you take content in any form? How do you produce it either in snackable bites for social media or in you know 20 minute segments for podcast consumption or YouTube digital consumption? Or how do you tell a longer story for TV or um, film? So it's all rooted in that storytelling. Huh. You know, it's, it's really interesting that you're saying that. Do they find their data from doing ads? Is it like an ad spin or do they find it just because, because on social media, for the most time, if you don't have like a business account, you aren't able to really get that data, right? Right. Um, so yeah, I would say companies themselves, they, they use two forms. They can get data from running ads, right? But it's very limited to... Mm -hmm. um, that you have through business platforms on social media, but they also invest in research teams. And those research teams go out and they conduct old-fashioned studies. They go from different states and they have, you know, table discussions with different people who they feel they want to align with. They ask them survey questions. Um, and so it's, it's really still much about that. You have other companies that are more rooted in in tech and and in this this idea of like running different systems to really pull a lot of data on their own um but yeah it's, it's a combination of it all yeah that's that's interesting because i think for the most part when people think about social media they think about like the people who are doing the best outside of people who go viral are these machines you know so mm -hmm. for the everyday person right for the everyday person like me and darkoya and everybody else out there, how can we function in a space where we're not viral or where we don't have a machine behind us? Yeah, I always I get this question a lot because there is that difference, right? It's a pay to it's a pay to play space, and obviously, larger companies have the money to to play in this space and run a lot of ads. 
But when it comes to just us, right? Yeah. It's really about, and, and I know this word gets thrown around, but it's it's really about authenticity. It's about consistency and knowing the, what you want to say. A lot of, and I don't influence or content creators, a lot of content creators that I follow that keep my attention that I engage with, they find a way to take ownership and, ex and be an expert in a space. Like let's say it's like fashion or fashion media, but they tell it through a lens of something that's very, very personal to them. So for example, I follow a lot of fashion media people or professionals, but they tell the, the story of fashion through the lens of race, through the lens of um, social politics. And but that's what they're passionate about. Um, and so it's really connecting and being authentic with your audience and, and staying true to that. A lot mm -hmm. of times people try to jump around and cover any and everything that they feel is trending. But you have to remember that like your loyal audience, your loyal followers, like my understand if you're like writing a personal page, like they're, they're, those are people in your network. Like they gonna hold you down, right? Right. Um, and so you want to really encourage your network to share your content because the more that they share, the more other people in their network will discover your content. But if you're one day, you know, posting about posting a bunch of like random memes and another day you're talking about, you know, hate crimes within the Asian American community, but then you're not really like actually offering real, you know, educational resources. It kind of seems like you're manhandling in a way, and it just comes off very inauthentic. And yeah. that's going to circulate as people continue to share your content. But it's really, it's this idea of community building on social media, exactly what we're doing, how I connected with you all, and, you know, how Koya has connected me with other people in her network. It's really just almost just like I scratch your back, you scratch my back. Like, we find like-minded people and we make sure that we want to support them even on the online in social media. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I um, I'll oh, go ahead, Leslie. Go ahead, go ahead, Eddie. Oh, um, what it sounds like you're saying though, within authenticity, <laughs> within authenticity, um, it, it sounds like you're saying that within what you're passionate about. Um, you need to be authentic about what you're passionate about. But also it sounds to me like it's being super hyper niche. Um, it's like not just talking about, like you said earlier, not just talking about fashion. And just FYI, um, for those of you listening, we were not laughing at Asian um, hate crimes earlier. We were laughing at the fact that people go from here to there. I just want to, we've had that happen on the podcast. We weren't, that's a disclaimer. We were saying people who talk, who say one day um, they're talking about this and the next day they just go far into life. So disclaimer, um, we love everyone. Um, but being hyper niche, um, it, like it's, it's about being super hyper niche, which is um, really taking something that you're passionate about taking and being authentic about it, but just figuring out how you can be super niche within that field. And I've gotten that note. I think that people, they see people killing, killing the game on social media. And I recently have been like talking with a, um, a social media manager and just mm -hmm. even in the post she's like you have to have 10 hashtags and now like keywords are a big thing so i think sometimes like people like us 
maybe people are looking at us or we're looking at other people and we're not realizing how strategic they really are being about even this, even a picture, even a picture. They're using keywords, they're using their hashtags, they're also following people. Like they've actually figured out their key target market. So if it's like black women who are entrepreneurs who are um, who one of their core values is spirituality and they're like liking their posts, commenting on three of their photos. It's very strategic. And the more and more I even for myself, when I was speaking to the um, the brand not the brand manager, the digit, the social media manager. Yeah. I was like, seriously, I got to do all that for one yes. time job in itself, which is why yes. we're able to be freelance, like social media managers or social media strategists, which is also why like, I don't have the time to do it for myself, but like I can be employed by a company like Fuse and do it for them. Right. It's, right. it's very, very hands-on. It's exactly what you just said though. It's, it's a strategy to itself, but in, it, in that strategy, it is community building. So everything that you talked about, liking posts, you like if you find time throughout the day, search hashtags, relevant hashtags that make sense for you to incorporate into your post. But also, like, and I like Instagram is probably like my one of my favorite platforms or what I tend to know the most about because I'm marketing more for that platform. Um, but it is so with Instagram that they always are changing their algorithm. So like even right now to date, you know, they honor you like actually just saving posts. Like they have that feature where you can save and even kind of set it up behind your account, like almost like a Pinterest board where you can create little folders. So like it's saving, it's liking, it's sharing. And then it's also like any new feature that they roll out. This is across all platforms. Any new feature, so like a Reels, or even on Twitter, when you think about Twitter threads and how you can connect, they honor that. Like their algorithm is pushing, I like attention to that new feature because they want that feature to be successful. They want that to be the next TikTok or the next thing, and that's also something that, as you know, you're thinking about your branding and how you're growing your online community on these platforms, like keeping up with that too. So it's intentionality, but it is very strategic in a way too. And you have to find that balance. And I even struggle with it personally, a lot of times of finding that balance for myself. I don't want to get, I'm into the wellness space and I don't want to get lost in, you know, post, ended up posting a bunch of like videos of me working out like, oh, you know, I got it today. It's like... <laughs> So I'm trying, you know, I want to find that balance of like, why, why am I into fitness and wellness? Because it is my therapy. So how do I communicate that? What type of resources am I also taking the time to look up and provide for my audience? That's really big now, especially looking at just everything that happened with 2020. A lot of the content creators and influencers that have kept my attention and a lot of people's attention are those who are offering resources. You know, mm -hmm. now think about the things that you want to know. And you guys are doing that with this podcast too. And so how can you actually turn those, that, that intentionality into a resource hub for your audience? Maybe it's sourcing specific, you know, data or statistics around the entertainment and media industry and providing what that is and solutions for that. A lot, and I'm, you guys have seen these like big graphics that just have, either like a lot of like resourceful, like big copy. It's like, 
really what people are looking for. They want to follow people that are going to give them resources around the things that they're thinking about. Finance is huge right now, especially mm-hmm. community and mental health. A lot of the accounts that I've seen be very successful are sourcing that and just saying like, how do you, how do you open up a 401k? Or how do you start investing? This is what you need to know about shares. Like even if it's the basic, like almost like one-on-one re- like facts or knowledge, you create a social media post around that and you start offering your audiences that or your viewers, then I think they that that's a way to connect with them and they appreciate that too. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting because I've just been like I've I've been starting um sync like a sync. I told you about this, but like a sync portfolio. You know, I don't know if you guys have been on YouTube, but I'm obsessed with this. Like people have their own sync portfolios, and they're basically like um. It basically is like cash that you take out of your account and you put into envelopes for specific things that you know is is coming up and you just, and you're very intentional, but you're right about the whole finance thing because I go down a rabbit hole with that. Cause I'm like this whole pandemic situation, I will not be out on these streets. How can we figure out the solution? And I mean, it's just like rolling over your dollars, like your $5, your $10 and it works. Cause because overall, right. got to say things right here, right now. Take that out. <laughs> you know what? Um, hearing you say that just makes me think of, I read this article a few years ago and it talked about like the Oprah effect and why mm-hmm. Oprah was so successful. And one of the things that it said is that, especially now in the information age, they said the last thing that, the article said the last thing people need is more information. People need aggregated information. They need information mm-hmm. that sourcing. And that's why they come to you because, or individuals, they come to the expert because the expert is going to sift through all of the information. They're not going to get, because I know sometimes when I see too much, when I see too many things or like investing those, I get super overwhelmed. (laughs) I'm like, wait, what does this mean? It's too much information. But then Bestie, she'll say like, okay, no, you just need to do one, two, three. And then we'll talk about four and five later. Mm -hmm. And I just do it. And then she'll say, okay, well then four and five, like, let's go. And that's what the article was talking about. It said they need, they want to be able to trust you as the expert that you're making sure that your resources, your tools and your resources are actually reputable. But also you've broken down and you're like, you just need to know these five things in order to get this or do this or obtain that. And I don't think anything has changed. I think it's just shifted into this space now, like what you're saying on Instagram. I never even looked at it like that. But that's why people like those short like Instagram reels or TikTok. I think even um, Tish, you sent me that the other day where this lady was like, this is how you... um, leave a job you don't have to like yeah you don't have to like go into you have to give a whole story about why you're leaving like like and then she had another yeah, video on it. It. it was and like it was. it's quick they're like this is this 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 yeah yes yes, yes. but and the um, title things are popular too i was going to say that day out the, the title things like on instagram it's like yeah. one two three and you're yeah. just like oh okay you just gave me like a lot of information in like three steps that I could read. Yeah. I'm seeing a lot too. I think that's that TikTok effect. Mm-hmm. They're, they're definitely trying to like keep up, keep keep up with TikTok, definitely. I see Instagram, they're like, oh no, you're not gonna play us TikTok, Ashley. <laughs> Let me tell you something, we're not going nowhere. 
exactly, exactly. And I think, I mean, I don't know if like Facebook's in bed with the government, something like that. But they're not yeah. going anywhere. Well, they are. They are. I mean, it's, I mean, Instagram is powered by Facebook. Facebook, I believe, is powered by the government. Don't quote me. But um, yeah, it's not going anywhere. It's like a super powerful. Yes. I gotta look. I look, gotta look that up. But I'm almost like eighty percent sure that that's correct. <laughs> but uh, but let's talk about this, Nikki. So I know that we've had conversations about like everything that's been happening in the pandemic with like diversity, inclusion, and whatnot. And we're talking about like content creation. Like how can creators of color specifically capitalize in content creation in this? space in this climate to like stand stand out <clears throat> can i add a note on that too yeah can I add a note on that specifically when and this is just me saying specifically when culturally a lot of people are taking elements from the culture and also are max maximizing on some of the things that typically are very common to people of color i hope mm. i said that very eloquently yeah. so no, i think I think that's a great question. I I feel like even out of everything, like right now is our time, right? As creators of color, it is our time. We have the attention of brands and companies. They want our, you know, ideas. They want to know, you know, they apparently they just understood like what systemic racism is, or like, oh my God, that's a real thing. So like we have the platform right now. We've always had the platform because out of, you know, any other group of color, black Americans are utilizing social media more than any other group at this point and even consuming podcasts at a higher rate. Um, and so even when you think about black Twitter. So I think it's it's really going back to what I was saying earlier, it's that community component and you know, to your you know, to your question about how can you continue to stand out. It's talking about or supporting like other like-minded brands, like small brands that you know, very niche content. That is what black consumers on social media, in my opinion, is really like interested in and wanting to know more about because you're seeing us drive the market, right? We're no longer looking to be high or like, it's this shift, I think, that in the mindset of all of us, and I think I'm, I may be going on tangent, but I feel like there's this shift where a lot of times, especially as like black working professionals, we used to we work towards getting the recognition of larger companies, right? It's like I need to get a job, I need to get a job, I need to get a job. Well, what's happening? What I see is that a lot of black professionals are like, I don't necessarily need this job in order for me to tell my story and my experiences. I can do that for free on social media and I can take the time and the resources to talk about my experiences to create the content that I feel is important. You have people doing all types of different forms of content, whether it's IG takeovers and going live, podcasts, web series. We are owning this space. And what's happening is if you are owning your space in terms of what type of stories you're telling, now these companies and brands are coming to you as the expert. They're like, it's a flip of like, I don't necessarily need you. And yeah, partnering with a brand is is always another amplification to the process. But along the way, like we can do this ourselves and brands are seeing that. And so, you know, to go back to your question, I think it's really just about 
being very organized and strategic about how you're you're producing your content, um, but just being consistent because we're there, we're looking for it. There's so much content featuring people of color that go viral all the time because right now we're 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 in need of that. We're looking for it. We're scrolling all day. Mm. So one of the things that it helps me too when I'm thinking about you know how I'm going to tease out content and like specifically for for me it's around like a launch of like an event. I have a content calendar and in my content calendar I pull specific dates that mean something to me personally or like women's history month, black history month, maybe it's a specific day. And I get ahead of what that looks like. Cause a lot of times if you're if you don't have an overview of what you want to cover on social media, then you find yourself day of like, oh my God, I have to get something. I have to get something. And then you're stressed out or you're annoyed. And then that creates fatigue and burnout. It's not as fun as it can be. Um, It's a lot of work to be consistent. A lot of people, these influencers in this space, like a lot of people like joke about influencers, but some of these influencers are like really putting in a lot of work to make their content look good for their audience. And it sometimes you just see a post of them posting like, hey, it's me. But other times like they're really putting in a lot of work to get this out and look a certain type of way. So I hope that answered the question, but there's just yeah. so many, um, there's so many opportunities right now just because this is just where our community is at and we're open to supporting each other right now. And, but also, Dana, um, one, one thing that I, I've been thinking about, too, is, you know, mostly we live in an artist space, right? An artist, a creative space. And mm-hmm. I know that there's plenty of industries out there, but the thing that we talk particularly on this show is with artists and entrepreneurs. Mm-hmm. And the thing about being an artist is that people can sometimes think that you're selling them something, right? Because that's what artists, you know, a lot of the times that's what artists get paid to do. We get paid to, you know, sell you on entertainment or sell you a product or whatever. For artists out there, how can they break through the barriers of people really understanding who they are authentically, even though everybody is out there probably selling themselves as well. But when people know that you're an artist, how can you stop them from looking at you as an artist and more so as authentic? Because it's I, that's where I feel, um, I see that there's a lot of um, issues with artists with, you know, I get asked that question too. It's like, well, nobody's looking at my play and when I post something, nobody's liking it. And it's just like, mm-hmm. how are you yeah. doing community? <laughs> You're talking about all forms of artistry, right? Are you talking about like musicians or artists, singers? Artists, musicians, actors, people who are in the creative space that a lot of the times they're they're paid to sell things, you know? They're paid to Honestly, that's something that, you know, as a creator too, I... I go back and forth about too. And I don't know if I have like the answer to that, right? Because it it's like this on one hand, you're like, I need to get paid. So why not? Like, why not? But then a lot of times too, when you get commissioned to do a, like projects and things like that, then that takes away from your creative freedom to produce the mm-hmm. project, create independently. 
Um, and it's, yeah, it's something that I struggle with, something that a lot of my creator friends struggle with. So I don't necessarily have the answer to that. Um, but I do know that a lot of times, like for me, I'm like, well, I have to just try to organize my time as best as I, I can. I try to position myself in a way that this is aligned with with also like how I make money. Um, and, but it is it's very hard when you're just a creator in this space in general too yeah yeah i don't i don't know the answer to that but that's something i think about all the time but you do see like people who are like tattoo artists or or whatever and they'll put their art up and people just like it or someone like who have like they have like visually stimulating something like people tend to be less like i think uh, okay, let's say particularly for the film industry or for Fuse TV or whatever, when you're doing like art, when you're doing something super creative, it's a lot easier for people to look at and be like, yeah, like, you know, yeah. when you're a movie, people are like, uh. Yeah. I know, right? Because like you, right. It's like, that's why I'm like, artists or creators, like that's a big umbrella. And it, it's mm -hmm. different yeah. for everyone depending on what lane they're in because exactly what you just said. So you think about like visual art, in terms of you know tattoo artists or painters sculptors and they can put up a video showing the process they do like you know a hyperlapse video starting from the end to the end and people are just like oh my god this is great for filmmakers that's creating like longer form projects you know a lot of times too that's a that's an offline experience that that takes a lot of hours for you to you know write these scripts or produce these scripts shop these scripts around and you're so head down in the actual process of getting it seen that whole other part of social media marketing that's actually where you need to probably find somebody to, to do that a social media manager a social media strategist because it, it goes back to what we talked about earlier like you just cannot manage it all and when it comes to when it comes to people that are actually physically producing content in that form of like video or media um, it, it's a long process and yeah. a lot of my a lot of my my filmmaker friends like I, I have a filmmaker friend who's working on a project now and was a part of that project um as a associate producer but like while i was on set i was like we need to get this this behind the scenes this 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 because you're gonna need to tease this out and they're like I'm not, what are you even, I'm trying to direct, I'm trying to get the talent here. Trying to, so you do like, it, it's really thinking about too, like how, how do you build your team where you have that person that can just solely focus on that? Because that's really important. When you guys are, you know, building up the podcast and working on your individual projects, like honestly, like that person in that room that can just pick up their phone and do some behind the scenes and think that way because you are head down. You're not thinking about that stuff until later. I, you know, I, I feel like you're in my head because I literally was thinking to myself about this maybe like two or three days ago. And I said, um, you know, this week has been like such a busy week. Like Tish said, we had a press junket. Like there's this, the, the, these events happening next week. I have my own stuff, you know, I'm always doing something. So I'm taking a class. I'm working with like this career coach and this on top of our daily lives. And I'm like, wow, this week was so busy, but I am, I'm so head down focused that I'm like, 
oh, like the, the social media manager was like, you know, every day, you know, you should be posting on your stories because the stories is a way for your um, audience to build trust with your audience. So like, that's a way for them to really know like your real personality and then your feed and your timeline is more like, huh? More curated. Yeah, more curated. And so she's like, and, it's, and you know, it's just like, it's just like taking the stuff that you're doing and just, you know, um, she's so cute. She's just like, I'm Sarah, just in, in this, you know, snapping something. But I'm like, girl, do you know by the time I responded to all the emails, had all these Zoom calls, you know, had to do this, prep for this event, prep for this interview, who had time for that? My head was so down. And it's like, like we were talking about before we got online earlier. And I know I'm yelling, but whatever. Um, <laughs> it's just like, who has time for that? When you're, when you have to be talent, you have to get up and be in front of the camera. You have to, you're the one coming up with the questions. You're the one running the meeting. You're the one doing branding, marketing, taxes, all these things. Yeah. Like, how do you have time for that? And then even with hiring people, like I've had moments where, um, things were so busy, but I was also making a bunch of money. So I just hired people to do it. And then I have moments where it was like, mm, probably can't do that. Like I need to slow down on that, but I still wanted to stay consistent. And I think that that's why like when people are successful on social media, you just are like championing, championing them because you're just like, go, because literally oh, yeah. it's so difficult. It's, it's, it's very difficult, but doable. It's difficult. It is a full-time job. If I... I think because that is that is my full-time job when I was putting together like my my own wellness conferences last year while I was a part of like every moving part because it was just two of us I was the one out of the two to think about the social aspect of it all the time it was like just my my brain would go towards that so if we were brainstorming in you know my partner's living room I'm I'm automatically like, okay, what can we get? What can we get? What how can we tease this out? We're gonna need this for later. And it was just something that came naturally. But that that's working with someone made me realize that everyone has their their strengths. Mm -hmm. And it there were certain areas that she was just naturally going to go towards because she was used to doing that all the time too. And so we complement each other in that way. So then if you don't, you're just, you know, doing a project by yourself. It's really strategic about who you're bringing into your your circle to really support you in that way. You know that you're managing a bunch of different hats. Your one of your goals is to understand how are you going to market out this film or how are you going to get attention to this crowdfunder, this crowd, this um, this crowdfunding. Like, bring someone on, find a friend that does this, and bring them into your process. I, I pull people into my vision all the time. <laughs> Somebody told me this, like, you have a way of getting people to say yes. I'm like, do I? <laughs> but yeah, it's, I, it is a it is a struggle. It is. And you That's know, like intentions relationship, like our yeah. our whole dynamic. <laughs> yeah, because you know, it's it just gets so and the great thing about having I will say the good the good thing about having someone who is your collaborator and your partner when you're doing all these things is that they pick like I think you have access to my social media right and I have access, access to, to your I have access to yeah. everything yeah That's like, you really are we married because when she's not posting I'm posting it's mm -hmm. like that's what we have mm -hmm. to do. 
because it's just it's just such a job for social media. Uh-huh. And I really just I, I really do want to like you were saying you have a calendar. I saw that on somebody somewhere on Instagram about having a content calendar, and I was like, uh-huh. where am I going to have the time to do a content calendar? Nikki, organize like honestly, though, if you just take two hours out of your week Uh to sit down and plan a calendar, it will help you so much throughout the month. Like it, content calendars are a lifesaver, especially in in this space. Like it just, it helps so much. And when I didn't have it, when I don't have a content calendar outlined, I'm like, that's not gonna happen. That's not, but another thing too, I wanted to say, cause you were talking about like, you know, managing the accounts and when you're not posting like she posts etc that's another thing too like you just have to be realistic about what you can do because it is about consistency and mm-hmm. a lot of times people think that they have to post every single day well the issue is that because it's based on you know the amount of usage that you are engaging with the platform let's say you go two weeks you have a great week you like i post it every single day for two weeks and then bam, you get super busy. And then you don't post for another two weeks or another month. That's not consistent. And so then you go back and you look and you're like, wow, I lost a bunch of followers. It's about being honest with what you can maintain. So for example, my Be Well account, we, my partner and I, we looked at it and we were like, you know what? The, the account just needs to stay active enough so that when we're going out and having conversations about what the summit is we just have like a visual storyboard so mm-hmm. we only post twice a week i post one day a week he posts one day a week we're consistent with that mm-hmm. it's never hey i have some free time this week so i'm gonna post every single day because i can't sustain that right so it's it's really about setting your goals and like what is, what are your goals with that you're gonna you're gonna get more honest what i feel like what i've seen especially with managing you know, fuse this social account is that you're going to get more engagement when you utilize, like you were saying, your social media manager said, stories, reels, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You need to post on your feet every single day. That in itself is is a job. Like, but you can do that while you're walking, right? You can go, oh, let me go in here and let me look at some hashtags. Let me. Uh-huh. If you're trying to actually schedule posts and write copy every single day, and then you have a bunch of other projects that you're managing, uh-huh. I, it's not it's not sustainable. So. Yeah, and what one thing I was so I was speaking to her about that, and I was talking to one of my friends, and I said I literally said the same thing that you said, Nikki. I say, you know what? At the end of the day, I think that sometimes I forget when it comes to my creative endeavors that I am my own boss. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that we're like industrial age babies, you know, the systems that we grew up in going to school, getting good grades. We're we're, we're very like um conditioned. We've all been conditioned and raised in these in this system, this employee system. We really were raised to be employees. Um, And so I think sometimes systemically we forget I am my own boss. I am an entrepreneur as a content creator. I'm in charge. I'm in charge and I have the freedom 
right? Uh, we're so used to somebody like, okay, you got to do this, you got to do that, you know, uh, with our jobs, but we have the freedom and the say so to be able to say, I am in charge of this. Mm -hmm. I can post when I can post how I can post because that works for me and my life. And I don't have a supervisor or anybody else that I am, that I have to, um, that I have to, you know, I don't even know what the word is. I can't talk, but that I have to, uh, Thank you, Bestie. Help me. That I have to report to. Like, I this this is something that I'm creating. This is my own business. And so when I thought about that, I said, Yeah, Darquay, like it's really not that deep. You just have to do something that you're comfortable with, that you can be consistent with, but also strategic because I did that. I had a YouTube show. I had like six months where I was like, I'm about to do this and get my social media game up. And I was posting every day, every day, every day. And I was exhausted. And then I saw other people be able to um, gain followers and really just engage. But what I realized is that it is very strategic. It's like you can, like you said, you can post every day, but do the keywords that you're, because now Instagram, their algorithm, they're looking at keywords, the keywords in your post, do they match the type of content that you are, um, that you're putting out? Do they um, are they going to connect you to being an expert in your field and in your niche? And what I realized is that, listen, maybe I am only going to post once or twice a week, but it's very, it's going to be very intentional. And the people who are coming to my page, they're going to know when I come to Darquay's page, I'm going to get some motivation. I'm going to get some inspiration. And it's just like you say, gonna, it's going to stay there. Um, and I think it just goes back to like why we even started this podcast just in general. I think that sometimes even I forget, I go to different influencers page to get something, whether it's comedy, whether it's information, whether it's style tips and advice, I am going because I want to leave something. And I think that in this information age, we don't look at information like that. We don't look at it like when I go into a business, I'm going to like get a piece of candy. I'm going to buy the candy. I'm going to eat the candy. I have something, but it's the same thing with information. I'm coming here to be entertained. I want to leave changed, informed, moved, mm -hmm. uplifted, whatever it is, you know, we, we still have to give something. And I, and I will Take it back into servanthood because that is that's my thing of the the month servant leadership, and everybody's out here. They just want to like take take take. But what are you willing to give? And that brings me into our my next uh, question. Is kind of what I want to talk to you about with your be well experience. Um, you, Nikki. And not just online. I just want to talk about this before you leave, because you're you're an, you're you're excellent at what you do with like okay. creation and marketing. But specifically, mental health is your bag. Specifically, mental health for um, for artists, for entrepreneurs, and you created the Be Well Experience, which I have my T-shirt because I can't I love the plug. Cross marketing. Y'all treat y'all guests. Late on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
But you know, you but you are that. So when I first met you, we actually were talking about mental health, and you gave me all this advice about like um, finding therapists, you know, therapy for Black girls, and just kind of encouraging me, letting me know that it is a process. One of the things that we talk about on this show is also like how to stay motivated, but also how you do have to get your mindset right. Yeah. Um, to be able to do all these things because all of this stuff like social media branding and all that, if you're not in the right mindset, if you don't do a meditation to keep yourself together, um, you probably will be a little bit lost. So tell us a little bit about Be Well, just so people know, and the importance of like getting your mindset right and mental health for artists and entrepreneurs. Yeah, so Be Well was started in January of 2020. Um, it was originally supposed to be launched as a in-person event. So we looked at ourselves as being the wellness um, culture con, um, but then the pandemic hit. And so my partner and I was like, well, you know, what can we do? We don't really, it's not going to happen. And she was the one that was like, we should do a virtual summit. And so that's where Be Well became the Be Well experience, which is we did two virtual summits um, in 2020, one in May and one in December. We curated over 20 plus presenters of color to fit into what we call our eight wellness pillars. So our whole idea is about really pushing people to understand their holistic health. So while, you know, a lot of people are talking about their mental health and a lot of people are, you know, are talking about their physical health. There are so many other aspects to your health and like living a healthy life that you should think about, too. So like your financial health, your relational health, how are you communicating with others around you? Um, your community health, what type of community and spaces are you a part of and what type of support are you getting in those? And so our Be Well brand is really about merging all of those together. We look for people who are experts in the field because I always say I am not an expert. I am always a learner. I'm always seeking to learn, right? And so like, we look for experts in, in certain fields to come and just give you knowledge and, and resources and support around their expertise. It was a great experience. And so where we are now is that we want to build it out a bit more. We're thinking about what this looks like. We want to, you know, maybe introduce this to companies and their employees and how can we offer this type of resource to them. Um, we both felt like it was really, really important to have these conversations through the lens of mental health, um, especially for people of color, especially people of color that look like us, people reached out to us and you know were saying things like, I didn't even know, I couldn't find a black therapist. And the fact that I was able to come to your conference and connect with one virtually online, that was something that was a takeaway. We realized that there's just so many resources out here. There's so many of us that are in expert positions when it comes to our wellness and our self-care. And to that point, a lot of people in this space, in that in this wellness space, they struggle with getting their, their branding out there, right? Because they go back and forth. They're like, I am a certified therapist, life coach. I am focusing on saving people's lives and giving them, you know, real tangible advice. I cannot focus on getting my name out there because then that be, to them feels very disconnected from what they're doing. And so that's where I want to be well to step in as well. It's like we're giving you a platform to showcase who you are. Mm. We're the curators of the experience, but 
we look to our presenters as as the experts and we want to just amplify what they're already doing. Mm -hmm. um, me and Tish were talking about the other day, just the wellness space and mental health around filming in the pandemic and how um, we actually were, we had a pre-recorded episode with um, a great filmmaker, which that will be released pretty soon. But um you have you been filming in this pandemic um like on set have you been on set no so <laughs> no <laughs> the only reason so i only film through my job we you know film shows for the network mm -hmm. uh, only reason why I'm not on set right now is because I'm not in New York, but I would have been. Mm, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Because people are like, they need a safe space for like to vent about their like mental health issues and mental health concerns on yes. set. People are telling so us. Now, I, I uh, Nikki, I have been on set. And people are, I mean, it, it doesn't even take a lot to trigger people. I mean, it doesn't matter all, it doesn't matter the safety precautions you take. It doesn't matter, you know, it, it there's something, and what I'm noticing is that there's something there outside of COVID that it's triggering people. It could be the year that we went through. It can be the stress of leaving their home after months and months of being in or going home back to their children or you know the changes that are coming so quickly for people and decisions that they have to make with the vaccines, the time that they don't have because they have to make money. I don't know what it is, but I'm seeing that people are getting triggered and I understand why. And I, uh, when I'm on set, I'm like, hey, there's there's a lot of it's a lot of safety things, but it's something outside of that. And I mentioned to Darkoya, I think it's really important that we start providing resources for therapy on set mm. because people need it. They're coming out of traumatic situations. Mm -hmm. They are very triggered, and it doesn't even take much. Something that probably would have been something you you know, you didn't even think about when you're on set or something you glazed over or something you were just like, you know what? It's okay. I'll figure it out. Becomes like a, it, it becomes like a bigger thing, but it's because of the environment. So people need support. People need support. And, um, you know, I talked about, I talked to her and I've talked to a couple of producers about providing support for people mm -hmm. who are coming out of the pandemic after a year who have experienced tra trauma, people's parents, family members, some people that you know have died because mm -hmm. of COVID and you're coming back to work in an environment where you're taking all of that stress from the year and yeah. you're going to work. And it sounds like, like it's a lot of heightened anxiety around. Mm. Absolutely. You know, some producers that I've worked with, especially throughout the year, like everything you just said. So you're coming out of a year where a lot of production was shut down. And then for creatives, the whole thing that in the beginning of the pandemic that really kind of irked me was like these, a lot of these like posts about if you're not being productive right now, like that's like, it's like, mm -hmm. if you're a creative, you don't necessarily thrive in conditions like this, right? Like, cause it takes a yeah. lot of you to even want to be productive and creative. And this mm -hmm. is to me, not the ideal situation, especially in 2020. And then you open production back up, 
a lot of the experiences that I've had, like as you know, an offsite supervisor, that a lot of like people that have to go back on set, they still don't know what the safety guidelines and protocols are. You're still being forced to go, or you have to go, right? Because now you still you got to make money, and you're like, okay, fine, we're finally back in action and rolling. And it's just, it's a lot of heightened anxiety, and so I could see. I could see why that could be what's going on right now. It's, it's, it's like that for a lot of people. I mean, myself included. And so I, I could definitely see that. And also the money is not, the thing about it is, you know, studios are not, I work for studios or not. The money doesn't protect, people don't feel protected whether they have money or not. That's uh-huh. the thing that, that, that mm-hmm. I think that it's like, oh, you're working, but yeah, you still feel, a level of anxiety. Yeah. So I, I, I really. Mm-hmm. On top of that, like producers and like people that have to go on set for some reason wasn't even a part of like a phase two or phase three for getting the vaccine, right? So you're still on the list. You're still waiting. You're still trying. If you want to get the vaccine, it wasn't like they prioritized this group of working people. You know, mm-hmm. not understanding too. Like this is a job. You're around people as well, and I understand. Prioritize essential workers, obviously, yes. But then, like, where where do where does the crew come in at too? Because mm-hmm. yeah. that's also a part of it. How do you define it's essential? Uh, yeah. yeah, and 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 also the like, it's such a like it's such a physical job. I mean, people think that what we do is very creative, and that we're just in the room, and that we're just we just walk up on the set, and then we walk mm-hmm. off, and yeah. it's like. It's like scene, you know, like anything like that. Very technical. It's very hands-on. Like you're in, you're in this distance of a person all the time. You know, you're in spaces where you're like very close to people. Like if you, if anybody has a musical theater background or a a theater background, do you remember being behind stage and everybody is just so freaking close and you're like changing? You're not even caring that the person next to you at all whoever they are, because mm-hmm. you're like, we're all in close quarters. That's how it is on film. Mm-hmm. That's how it is on set. You are in these close quarters to everybody. So imagine the amount of anxiety you have back, knowing that the only way that you can function is in close quarters to someone else who yep. don't know what's happening in their home. You may have great working relationships with them, but it's just a, I, I do understand the anxiety behind that. Mm-hmm. So I really set for projects and I'm like I completely understand I completely understand I'm like yeah. I, I, I'm not gonna force you trust me. I, I am I am gonna really encourage producers out there if you could maybe just take the time and put together a list or or maybe we can come up with a resource bestie for that too maybe we'll think about that oh, where okay. people can where people can call in when they need to talk about the stress of COVID, because I think it's, I'm, I'm just saying it's important because we're going to be thrown out b- back into the world. Mm-hmm. And, and I am already there. I've been working. Right. I've been working since last year. So I am already there. I have been to set. I've taken COVID tests up my nose three times a week. I've taken the spit test. I've been pricked. I've been poked. <laughs> I've been pried out from my, you know, <laughs> I've, I've been poked pride and you know for months okay you're so traumatized so, Rusty. you're traumatized that's trauma i am i am not i'm not traumatized i'm not traumatized because i'm like lord you know keep me safe 
Father, that's what I do when I walk out the door. And I, I just like, I, I can't be traumatized because I have to keep things together for everyone else. And then I come home and lay in my husband's arms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I do. But I do encourage, I do encourage, you know, producers out there really to look into that because I feel like that'll be really important. And and just to kind of segue a little, because I know we're talking about mental health and I really want us to talk about that, but tangibly, because you know, I always like to talk about tangible resources. Nikki, can you give maybe some of the artists and entrepreneurs out there, maybe one or two tangible resources that they can use to help them improve their social media, you know, um, experience as creators, and, or you mentioned the calendar, which I think is a really great idea. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned like seeking out help, but are there maybe just tangible steps that people can take right now to help improve their social media experience? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're, if you're thinking about, there's several ways. So if you're thinking about content creation, so actually creating content and how to make that easier. So for like one is the content calendar first and foremost, but two, there are like a lot of easy, very easy social apps out there to help you create fast graphics and content. Um, my go-to's is Canva, InShot, um, Unfold, um, those type of things. And also, if you are looking to understand like your audience and and get a bit more into like the analytical side of things then looking into a social media listening tool is really helpful there's a lot of free software ones out there if you just google social listening tools then you'll be able to pull those up and utilize those um but yeah like the content creation part is is the the most time consuming in my opinion and my my go-to is canva that's like yeah 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 yeah, Canva is, yeah, it's pretty, we use Canva all the time. That's pretty mm-hmm. like, pretty much like I go to. Yeah. There's um, a, there's but a also a- tool. Um, well, now you can, you can schedule within the creative studio if you're like using Facebook. And I think for, for most accounts, I think it's based on followership. I could be wrong. But for most accounts right now, if you have a certain type of following, you can pre-schedule posts through Facebook or Instagram as well. Um mm-hmm. Then also, what was I say? Oh, there's another scheduling tool that I like to use called Later, hmm. and that's very helpful. You can schedule content ahead of time. The only thing about a lot of the social media scheduling platforms is that when it specifically comes to Instagram, a lot of Instagrams AI isn't connected in terms of being able to schedule stories, so you still have to do that manually. Mm. You could, you know, get ahead of scheduling anything that you want on feed. That takes away one stream of content that you have to worry about. Mm. Yeah, that's that's really helpful because I think like just staying on top of content is. But why do you think you're getting hired? Because <laughs> people are just like going crazy out here in these streets trying to figure yeah. it out. So. I think you know anyway, and in, in, in any sources that um, that you you can kind of you know continue to help us like get out to the people throughout the season. That would be great too. Just putting it out there, Nikki. I like to find you. 
<laughs> yeah, you know, so we're going we gonna, to we gonna call you back <laughs> mid, mid-season. I got you. I need to take a lot of this time to that to myself, like for real. I need, I mean, I'm thinking about getting a social media manager. And it, it, I haven't because I'm like, no, I could do this. I know what I'm doing. I do it from coming. But I'm like, I'm going to need to get a social media <laughs> Well, even just to get the ball rolling, because what I find is that, um, and and this is just with anything like um, branding, you know, me and Tish, like Tish just finished her website. I'm in the process of getting my website done. But what I find is that sometimes when I outsource help, it be, I like ride on the momentum. I'm like, oh, okay, so like they're doing this. So now I need to do this. And like, if you just set me up, then I start helping and then I start doing things and then it gets the ball rolling. But sometimes when I'm just stuck and usually like social media managers, um, like I know the one that I'm kind of, well, we're bartering cause I'm like helping her with some on camera stuff right now. Um, but you know, she works with people for like three months. So it's not like she's just doing it all the time. So for like larger companies, like small businesses, she might have a pre-existing like uh, relationship with them, a consistent relationship with them. Yeah. But for other influencers, um, because the, just the way that they get paid with like, you know, different sponsors and whatnot, she'll work with them for three months. She'll get the ball rolling. And then they, they do their own thing. Like she's like, okay, this is what you do. And she sets you up with like your process, you know, because it's a process that has to fit within your life. It's like going to therapy. Like, you know, how you go to therapy and like, I got all these issues. And then your therapist starts talking to you and you develop systems, right? You develop your process of how you do things. So then even when certain things start happening, you're like, wait, no, but I remember how to do that. It seems like to me, I haven't finished yet, but I guess I'll let all of you know. That's like the process with some of these um, social media managers as well. And then, of course, as you get bigger and whatnot, you can keep them on retainer. But I, I just need some help. Like, I just sometimes need a little help. But I don't think it's, I don't think it's that's, that, that's a good point. That's actually a, a good tip to give, too, when you're thinking of going back to Tish's question. Is, right, if you're looking, if you just can't figure out how to get started, I've done that as well, where I especially in 2020, people will reach out to me and I'm like, I can take you on, you know, for a three month capacity, grow, post X amount of posts, help grow your followers to X amount of numbers. Right? And I'm setting you up so that I can, that you can eventually take over and I'm, and I'm putting together like a process. And so it always, it usually will start. Huh? Yeah. She's going to do that for us. Yeah, so like it usually starts off with like a social media manager comes in and they they maybe do a brand audit and they yeah and they'll look at your brand and they'll you know say what's working, what they feel you know is not working, what suggestions and tips that they give. And they usually will then outline like a content cadence, like we you you can probably post X amount of times, and that's based on like your lifestyle, right? And then they then decide if they are going to just be more of the strategist, which is pretty much what I do now, or if they're going to be the actual manager of the content. So like writing a copy, creating the, co the content and posting it to your feed and then setting it up where they pass it off to you. So that, that's a good point too, is like, if you are looking to kind of get started and you don't really want to hire someone full time, you could have someone just set you up for maybe a month to three months. Hmm. That's that's a great place to start. Mm -hmm. That's a really that's a really great. Yeah, I told, I told Tish I was like, Nikki's gonna help us. 
<laughs> we was gonna talk about that offline. <laughs> you just got kind of like got into it. Well, yeah. we are. We are. Go ahead. Go ahead, Dicky. Oh no, I was just. I was like, yeah, that's that's pretty much how it usually runs. There, you, there you go, people. Um, you out go. here, we giving we giving you the um four one one. So y'all better take it. FYI, for your information. Four one one, right? That's like. Anyways, I'm not. Anyways, you know what I'm talking about. Like I'm not that old, okay? Anyway, but we <laughs> we're coming to the end of our podcast, and we usually have one question at the end of our podcast for our guests that Bestie comes up with. Bestie, let's hit them with that last question. Oh no, she was here with some really in depth questions. <laughs> you know, you know, you know, I have to be deep, um, but it's not that deep this season. Basically, we just want to know what ignites your motivation, and how do you stay consistent and persistent to follow your dreams. Oh, wow. Okay. What ignites my motivation? Mm -hmm. How do I stay consistent to pursuing my dreams? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's a good question. Um, What ignites my motivation? Honestly, what ignites my motivation is my mother's legacy. I lost my mom about three years ago. And, you know, not to get too deep or anything, but went through a, a really, really deep depression. And being able to see myself come out of that and find myself again and feel like myself, that continues to ignite my motivation. The idea that um, I'm still here, that every day is a, a new day to celebrate all the many and half accomplishments that come your way. Um, so yeah, I would say that is what ignites my motivation. The days that I may not feel my best, thinking about those and like having that drive that gets me back on track. Um, and then the second part of your question was, it's basically an, it's a, you know what it is. I'm just gonna kind of like put myself on blast. I just don't want to keep telling people like how do you stay motivated. I felt like this just sounded deeper, but basically like how do you stay consistent? Got it. Yeah, I you know routine um honestly the only the only part of my life that i am consistent with and i and i i'm gonna be honest the only part that is consistent is my mornings between 7 a.m and 10 a.m mm-hmm. i have developed a really really like great well i think works for me consistent pattern which is that i wake up in the morning i brain dump um which is a form of journaling um so it's just random thoughts whatever just to clear my mind for the day and then I work out um, and then I have coffee and then I may sit and just watch something brainless like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. That is like my routine. And anything that happens after 11, honestly, like sometimes I procrastinate. I'm not, maybe I'm not as consistent every single day, but that, that has been my consistent pattern. So I, my, my, you know, thought around that or my advice around that too, is just find some type of, find your, your, the hour and the, the hours in the day that you, your productivity is at its highest. Um, and for me, my productivity is at its highest in the morning. I love yeah. that about myself. And so I created a routine so that I know that I'm more likely to respond to emails within these this hour of productivity. I'm more likely to consume you know, some type of um, news or read or journal because I know that those are my highest productivity hours. After a certain time, I'm no good, and I'm okay with that. 
That's wow. You know, you know, I see you creating like some sort of gratitude journal because what you were talking about was a form of gratitude. Um, and I, 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 I myself have been going through everyday gratitude that I'm working on right now. Why you gotta uh, say it like that? Yes, <laughs> everyday gratitude. That's that's what I'm working on right now. But it definitely it sounds like you're probably gonna come up with some sort of gratitude book. I said it first, people. Mm-hmm. My <laughs> head actually. I'm like it's a ritual though. I I it yeah. it sounds like from seven to ten you have your ritual, um, which um FYI, see Bestie, I use that. Uh FYI. All most successful, highly successful people have a ritual, and usually most successful people have a morning ritual. That's if you you study, if you study successful people in whatever industry, and you start listening and talking to them, or listening to them talk about their process, they will always talk about a morning ritual. They do a lot of times, but I do want to. I want to challenge that because. That is that is a lot of the time when I when I when I cons- when I watch podcasts or talks with success- successful people they that's their routine. But mm-hmm. I do want to challenge that because what I realize it is more just about when you have the most energy and you feel the most mm-hmm. productive, right? Yeah. I, I know people that they sleep in. I'm grown people my age. They they may sleep in until about nine thirty and they fall out of bed and they get you know they're like oh they break their feet. But once 11 p.m. hit, they're in the groove. They're like, I didn't got so much accomplished from 11 p.m. to 2 a.m. So I actually challenge that because not everyone operates in the same um, on the same schedule. For me, after after 8 p.m., I can I honestly I mentally shut down. Even the thought, and I like talked talk through this on with my therapist at one point. I was like, even the thought of like responding to an email after a certain time it i i have fatigue around it right but it goes back to gratitude i had to accept that for myself and just give myself grace and understand that like that's just not where i'm going to see the greatest output for what i'm trying to accomplish so yeah i do agree that if you wake up every functioning adult should try to have a morning routine but I also, you know, want people to to tap into where they feel they are the most productive. Mm. No, that's that's true. That's true. And and also when we live in a world right now where like people are working on different hours, like you can yeah. work in Japan or whatever, and your product mm. your productivity kind of changes around the hours that you work as well. So that's that's really interesting. We're we're becoming a globalized civilization. <laughs> we are. I so. I read this study. Maybe I'm gonna get this wrong. This was a long time ago, but it was a study around high school students or teenagers and why they may not be, or even like elementary school students, why they may not be as attentive in school. And it was saying like how like that that certain a certain age like your body isn't set up to wake up and you know go to school at seven a.m. or be out the door at seven a.m. and then learn from this hour to this hour and then go home. And so it was actually like you know contesting like the school system and how it was set up because they were saying at the hours that you expect students to be tapped in and engaged at that form of development it may not be the best for them. And I think like 
that was something that always stuck with me too because I always try to like tap into like my child, like who I'm talking to like my younger self and get more yeah. connected to my childlike spirit. Mm-hmm. And I realized like, okay, well maybe that like that's something to it. And as your point, like we're shifting now. Like we, a lot of us have the flexibility to really plan out our day the way that we, we want them to look. And again, some people may not want to get up at seven in the morning and jump around and do burpees. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's true. FYI, if you have ordered my artist Panera book, I talk about tapping into your, your inner child. So, you know, just throwing that out there. Check out the artist Panera if you haven't. At artistpreneur on Instagram, the artistpreneur on Instagram. Make sure you also follow Nikki, everyone on Instagram at Nikki N I K I underscore E L L E. Make sure you follow her, check her out. If you need a social media curator dash auditor dash everything social media, let's 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 make sure that you reach out, reach out to Nikki and ask her any questions. You know, but also pay the sister because. We want to make sure that our women and people of color are getting paid out there. Amen. So make sure you sister. Absolutely. But anyway, guys, we Thank are you guys for having me. This was amazing. As always, every time I like I said, every time I talk to Corey, I'm always like, oh my God, girl, like I, you lifted my life. And so it was just great to even connect with you, Tish, and equal energy all around. So I love it. Thank you yeah, so much thank you. for coming on the show. I'm just uh, every time I talk to you, it just fills my heart up with so much gladness and joy. So I'm so happy. And I know I know we're just we're in each other's like net net network. So it's all like someone <laughs> and then like build into like a long lasting connection and friendship. New York is, is really a great place to do that too though. Like I yeah. I like at Sabata Fitness at a fitness gym. We were coming working out and I was like, hey girl. Yeah, I mean, it, it it pretty much is. Like, New York is a really great place to find your collaborators in your circle. So, yes, but, but, but also, Nikki, we want you to stay on a couple minutes after we finish yes. the podcast. And we want to thank our, our listeners out there. You make this happen. We had sponsors last season because of you guys. Thank you. We're going to get the clapping effect. I'm going to work on that. Definitely. I know, I need it. Yeah, I'm going to work on that. But thank you guys for that last season. It really, you really turned it up for us. And, you know, we we really leveled it up last season. This season, we're leveling up again. You're going to see us, you know, in a lot of press junkets. So, guys, we thank you, thank you. We couldn't do it without you. And we'll see you next Thursday, season three. Woo, woo. Clap in effect, clap in effect. Bye, guys. See you next Thursday. Bye.